I'm read a passage of scripture that I have read quite often on Father's Day and, uh, and days gone by. I don't know if I did it last year or not, but I, I, this always blesses my heart. Look in John chapter number 10, John chapter 10. And then I'm going to have you to turn to a, a couple of other passages uh, kind of parallel to that. But in John chapter 10, if you look there, first of all, please, and we'll, we'll look at that. And I'll read that one for, you, for us. And then I, we'll go over to the book of Galatians. And uh, then over to 1 John. But in John chapter 10, that's where I'm going to come back to so you can hold your place there. And I'll read the others for us. But in, in John chapter 10, just one verse. Look at verse number 29. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I love that phrase, my Father is greater than than all. My father is greater than all. And then if you were here during the camp meeting at all and heard brother Tom Gillum in the morning sessions, I tell you, he, he blessed my heart with this particular passage of scripture in Galatians chapter four and verse six. If you want to turn, if you just want to write it down and in Galatians chapter four, verse six, it says this, and because your sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. The new birth experience, you become a child of the King and the Holy Spirit of God takes up residence in our life and we cry, Abba, Father. And brother, brother Tom Gillum had us to do this. I want you to say this word with me. Say the word Abba. Abba. Say it again. Abba. Say it louder than that. Abba. Now, if you'll notice, you didn't use your tongue at all because that word Abba is, is a, it's a very uh, word used by infants. It's like Papa or Dada or Mama. You know, that's the first words they say. You don't have to use your tongue. It, it, it's a very elementary word. It's, it's the first word that's spoken. It's kind of like what our children do when they, they say their first words. We try, mom and daddy compete, see if they go say, uh, you know, dad, dad, or mama first, you know, but you don't have to use the tongue. And it, it's that birth cry of an infant. And so here it is when you get born again by the grace of God, from the very beginning, there is in our heart an assurance that he is our Abba, our father, not only our father, but he's our daddy. And he, he is our friend. Then with that, those passages read, I want to read in 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 1. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Will you bow with me for just a brief word of prayer? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you and praise you for the wonderful privilege of knowing God as our Father. Our Father, it's a wonderful thing to recognize him as creator and know that you created everything and you made everything and you fashioned everything. It's one thing for us to be in awe of your power how awesome you are, how powerful you are, even your omniscience that you know everything and your omnipresence that you can be everywhere. But our Father, what manner of love 
was stowed upon us that we would be called the sons of God. I want to thank you, our Father, for that. Thank you for the great song that Brother Steve just sung and Lord, for the wonderful music, the song that Angie sang in the choir and this morning. And God, thank you for letting us be here. And I pray God the Holy Ghost now speak to my heart, heart of these friends here gathered. And I'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I have something very simple to share with you this morning. Most time what I share is very simple. But as I had mentioned to some of you on Wednesday night that we've been talking, I started uh, quite a while back doing a journal. Back when Mr. Thurl Ennis died, uh, sometime after that, LaVon mentioned to me that he's looking at Mr. Ennis's things. They found a lot of just little ring binder notebooks and where Mr. Thurl every day had kept a journal. Now, he, he was writing down the weather conditions and everything and about, you know, the peas came up today or they bloomed or this, that, and the other and all about his gardening and, and keeping a record of all those things, which that's a good thing to do. And, but he did those things and write personal notes in there. And, and I, a lot of people do journals and some of you do journals, but back then I started doing that. I just got to, started doing that and I get up in the mornings and when I get ready to do my uh, time with the Lord, I, I always turn on channel 14 and find out exactly what the weather is. You can do that. You don't have to listen to a lot of news. It's on the screen. Just turn it on and there it is. You see the weather and cut it right back off. And uh, so I write down the, the temperature and the time and all that. And so I do that. And, and this morning when I got up, and it's such a beautiful morning. Every, every day the Bible said, this is the day the Lord's made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. But I've got to do in this. I, I, I start off, I, I write to the Lord. And I thank him. And I, I wrote and I got to thanking him. I got to thanking him for the camp meeting and, and for the, the, through the eyes of Peter and for the folk that got saved and for how God's people had worked together and how they labored so hard for camp meeting, how they worked so hard for that and thanking him for that. And then I, I got to talking to him, just writing with my pen. And I get to thanking him for being my father. And I tell you, you know what? I just had to quit. I done filled up one whole page. And I just, on the bottom, I wrote, thank you for everything. Several years ago, I, I came across a little book by a Methodist preacher. E. Stanley Jones is his name. And the name of the book is Perfect Everything. I tell you, there's no such thing as a perfect man. All you women would say, Amen. I knew you would. There's such, no such thing as a perfect man. Not Tom Selleck, not the rest of them, Tom Cruise, and the whole, whole crowd. None of, they're, not, they're not perfect. And none of us are perfect. But I'll tell you somebody who is absolutely perfect. Our Heavenly Father who's in heaven is absolutely perfect. He's never, he's never disappointed me in any kind of way. And as I begin to think about it, I, I thought about this passage of Scripture I just read to you. He's greater than all. I, I, just, just real simple. I I thank the Lord this morning for his hands, for his hands. I, I thought about my daddy's hand. Uh, people notice from time to time I've got, I got old man's hands. Now I'm not an old man, but I got old man hands. And you know what? Some of you got the same thing. If I bump anything at all, I, just a slightest little thing, I'll come in the house and I'll have a big old look at, looks like a bruise on my hand. Regina said, how'd you do that? I said, don't have a clue. I don't. I said, I got my daddy's hands. That's all I can tell you. Daddy's, I remember my daddy's hands. That's what I remember about him. I remember those things. My daddy was a, was a craftsman. He worked in the cotton mill, but he could build boats and all, all those type of things. And he labored with his hands. Everything my daddy did, he did with his hands. He, he was a farmer and, and those type of things. And, and, and his hands. And your, your daddy, you, you look at your daddy's hands, some of you who they, daddy's labored hard and everything. And, you know, get to thinking about it that most of you, I lived in a house that my daddy's hands had built. 
my daddy's hands had built that house. He had a couple of guys to help him. And the, the house that I was raised in moved out there when I was six months old. My daddy had built that house with his own hands. And what a, what a blessing to have that, that privilege as a boy growing up. Never even thought about it until I got grown. You don't think about things like that until life is over. That daddy built that house with his own hands, a place for me to live. And along with my mother, the food that I ate, he, he, he tilled the ground. We had peach trees and, and tomatoes and cantaloupes and watermelons and all those things. And, uh, and chickens and all, everything else, hog killings and the whole shooting match. He fed me with his hands with his hands. He protected me with his hands and he disciplined me. Now, my dad, dad never did discipline me, but twice. But it, I mean, if, if you get beat with a peach tree limb, it don't take but once, I'll be honest with you. And, uh, I, I, and, uh, but daddy, all, all, but listen, I thought about his hands, but then I thought about my heavenly father's hands. Oh, thank God. Listen, what kind of hand? Awesome. My, my daddy's hands not only built me a house, my daddy, physical daddy, earthly daddy built me a house, but my heavenly father built me a world. I mean, my heavenly father, oh, listen, he's, he's, he owns everything. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He built every bit of this. You know, if you read the Bible, of course, you know, he spoke it all into existence. But that was your father who did that. I don't know if you realize that or not, but that was your father. By the way, I've got some jewelry up here on here. And, but if you look around at things around your house, everything else, you'll say it was made in China, made, made somewhere else and made somewhere else. But did you know, you live in this world, it was made in heaven. I mean, he just spoke it out of heaven and spoke everything. Your heavenly father made this world for you to live in. He made the oxygen that you breathe. He made the water that you, that you drink. And you know what? He did such an amazing job about it that there's no new water. Do you know that? People talk about recycling, recycling. Well, God's been recycling ever since he created the world. The water he spoke into existence and created when he created this world, he's never made any new water. It's the same water. You're drinking the water that Pharaoh drank. You're drinking the water that Moses, where the Red Sea was part. You're drinking that same kind of water. That process of evaporation, condensation, rain. It's just the same water. But he made it. And he made it the filter. I'm glad I got up this morning. I get up every morning and I drink a big glass of water out of my well, out of the well the Lord gave me. And, and, and he, he made that. Boy, I'm telling you one thing. I think about the creative hands of my father. What a blessing. But then I think about the caring hands of my father. When Charles comes out of the tomb in, in that play, and we've seen him there where he'd been scourged and beaten, but depicted in that, that awful scene. And when they hang him on the cross and you see the blood and all. And, and by the way, I tell you, Miss Shirley and Carolyn, I'll tell you, that looks so real to me. It looked to me like not only was it on him, but it was still running. I don't know how they did that. It was, it was amazing. But, but I, I think about... When Charles comes out of that grave and he's not bloody anymore, but he has his hands like this. He's got the barks of the prince in his hand. Somebody in, in the meeting this week, Brother Tom Gillard preached about Fanny Crosby. And uh, they was talking to Miss Fanny Crosby about her being blind. And somebody was criticizing her about being a Christian and said, Fanny, you've been blind all your life. When you get to heaven, how are you going to know which one he is? And said she went up to a room that night. And the next morning she came back. That same guy was sitting at her breakfast table. And she set a place, piece of paper across his plate, uh, at his plate. And he read it. And she has a song of this hymnal about it. She said, I shall know him. I shall know him by the prince of the nail in his hand. 
his hands are not only caring in his provision for us, but in his provision for salvation for us. He gave his only begotten son. You know, I, I think about that story about Abraham and Isaac. And the Bible said that Abraham offered Isaac in, 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 on that altar. And then God stayed his hand. And then God provided that, that ram caught in the thicket for him. He offered his son. He, he physically laid his son on that altar. He physically bound him there on that altar. He, he physically would have taken his life to offer him to God, believing that God was going to resurrect him. But he didn't have to. But God offered his son. Offered his son. And thank the Lord that he was willing to do that. You and I might be saved. That we might have everlasting life. Well, I thought about my father's hands. I thought about the, the, the creative hands of God, my father. I thought about the caring Hands. I thought about the chastening hand. I mentioned to you, my daddy only chased me twice that I know of in my in my childhood. Mama did a lot of time, and uh, but uh, only twice. But I, you know, I want to thank the Lord today, and I wrote it in my notes this morning. Lord, I want to thank you that whenever I get out of line, you straighten me out. Aren't you glad that he don't let you keep on going? I mean, when you make a mess and when you do things you ought to do, aren't you glad that your Heavenly Father chastens you? That is, he corrects you and brings you back in line. No telling where I'd be today. I'd be shipwrecked, be wrecked, and you would too if he hadn't chastened you somewhere along the line. Thank the Lord for that. Thank God for his chastening hand. Thank the Lord for his compassionate hands. I tell you, every time I've ever come to him, I, and, and, and that compassion is demonstrated in mercy and in grace. He's compassionate with me, carrying hand. You think about, you think about the hand of God, how powerful the hand of God is, and how, how, how caressing and how compassionate that hand is. He can lift up the fallen. He can lift up the sorrowful. He can lift up those who've got problems. I want to thank him this morning for his compassionate hand. But then I want to thank him for his heart. I got to thinking about my, my daddy. I, I was talking, and I won't go into all that, but, I, uh, but daddies are different. Some daddies can express their emotions and some can't, but and some, some demonstrate their love one way and some another. But you know what? I thank the Lord for my father's heart, my heavenly father's heart. They, uh, Rochester have a song that says, he loves me. Like I was his only child. Like I was his only child. I don't know who told the story, but it, it, the story was uh, some recently. And uh, this fellow grew up. He thought that his, his, uh, he was his grandmother's favorite son, uh, grandson. And that he'd go over and stay and they'd cook cookies and everything. And, and she'd call him off to the side and said, honey, I want you to know that I am, you're my favorite grandson. And I'm going to give you this big old cookie and everything else. And, and then he'd, he'd, she'd do a little thing, get him off and say, I want you to know I just love you. You're my favorite. You're my favorite. Give him something. And so when grandma died, they all got together to read the wheel or whatever they got together. And then they just got talking. You know how people do get the sharing. And all the grandchildren, their whole parcel of them, 16, 17 of them grandchildren, and, and finally, he just said, I hate to do it, but I'm going to confess it. I was grandma's favorite. Said grandma would get me off and she'd give me a cookie and she'd love me and tell me I was her favorite. And a, a, a cousin on the other side, said, uh, another grandchild over said, no, 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 no. She did that for me. And she did. And come to find out, she did every one of them the same way. And uh, gave, them all, gave them all something special and said they were her favorite. When I think about my father's heart, you know what? He loves me. When I'm good, and he loves me when I'm bad. 
And he loves me when I've been faithful to him. And he loves me when I've been unfaithful to him. And he's never dealt with me in any way but in love. I want to thank him for his heart. Thank him for his heart. Boy, my heart is, is broken when I think about children whose daddy have abused them. And, and, and it's passed in all these years. I've had the sad occasion of some occasions to, to talk with somebody. I, I had uh, a dear lady uh, who shared her heart with me. Awful things, that awful, awful things happened when she was a little girl. And she was an older lady. And boy, it was just as real and vivid to her about awful things her daddy did to her. But you know, my dear friend, I, I want to say this. The, the, my heavenly father has always dealt with me in love out of his heart. He, he, I want to thank him for his heart. And you ought to thank him for his heart today. How he loves you and cares for you and blesses you and meets your need. I want to thank him for his, for his hands. And thank him for his heart. And then I, I want to say I want to thank him for his head. Now you understand what I'm fixing to say. The Bible says your heavenly father knoweth what things you have need of before you ever ask him. He knoweth. Job said that, he said, I, I looked for him on the right hand, the left hand, looked before me, looked behind me, and I couldn't find him anywhere. And he said, but I, and, and I know this, he said, but and he said, I've been tried as, as gold. And he said, but I shall come forth. And I don't know all that, but he said, but he knoweth the way that I take. Can I say something to you? You may not can know him right now. You may not feel him. You might be going through the darkest day of your life, but he's still there. He's still there. And I'm going to tell you something. He knows everything. He knows every need you've got. He knows every burden you've got. He knows exactly what you need. And I, I want to thank him for his, for his knowledge, for his head. I want to thank him for that. And then lastly this morning, I want to say this. He raises a question in the book of Malachi and a very similar question in the book of 1 John. And he said, if I am a father, where's my honor? And I want to say this morning that we ought to honor him. You ought to honor your earthly father, but you ought to honor him. For all that he's done for you, for all that he's blessed, I'm thinking about the honor of my father. I want to honor him. I want to honor him with my lips. Or to speak his name in reverence. I ought to tell people about him and magnify him and praise the Lord for, for all that I've got. Honor him. It's him. Point to him and honor him and glorify him and thank him publicly to others as a witness. Tell how good he is. Honor him by praising him. Honor him. I was telling somebody about the situation uh, where there were some boys and uh, they, they, they were in ministry, I guess you'd say. And uh, off to the side, they were very critical of their daddy. And some of the folk where I pastored that overheard that. Boy, it completely turned them off. They didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to be around him. They didn't want to have anything to do with him, boy. It's because publicly they'd say one thing, but behind their daddy's back, they were saying something else. They're just young boys and maybe like teenagers do sometimes. I'm going to tell you something. You ought to always honor your earthly father. But more than that, you ought to always honor God. And regardless of where you're at, I mean, when you think nobody's looking, nobody's looking, you ought to praise him and magnify him. Honor him with your lips. Tell him how much you love him. Tell the fam uh, folk in the community how much you love him. But I'll tell you, you, you ought to honor him with your life. Honor him with your life. Just honor him. Be Honor him by your presence. I'm telling you, we, he's real. He's everywhere. I know he's everywhere. But God, God has ordained 
assembling together. He said in Hebrews, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together and so much the more as you see the day approaching. How many of you believe Jesus is coming soon? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I do. I believe he's coming soon. Now here's what the Bible said. He said, you ought not to forsake the assembly of yourselves together and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The closer we get to return of the Lord, the more you ought to be together with God's people. Get there and honor God. Magnify the Lord. Honor him with your presence at his house. I mean, be there. I, I, people use that little phrase sometimes. Well, I think you honor us with your presence and this, that, and the other. But I'll tell you, it does honor God when you come to assemble before him and worship him and magnify him. It does do that. Honor him with your presence in there. And when you come, you want to honor him with your praise. Just magnify the Lord. I was telling somebody, tell Regina this morning, I'm, we're going to be gone a few days. And I said, I'm not interested in talking about church. I'm not interested in talking about theology. I said, I'll talk about the Lord. I, I, I praise him. I, there's some things I, I don't want to talk about, but I, there's never a time I don't want to just tell how good he is and praise him and magnify him. And you ought to honor him with your praise when you come to the house of God. You ought to honor him in that way. Our Heavenly Father, he said, when you pray, when you pray, here's how you pray. You, you say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You honor him in your prayers, not just with your presence and not just with your praise, but in your prayers. I wish you could develop a relationship with him. I wish you'd get where you could just talk to him and, and have, have that intimate, close relationship with him, just like he's right there with you, and he is, and just like he, he's your personal friend, and he is, and just like you can confide anything into him, and he, you can. He's right there with you. Honor him in your prayers. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then honor him with your prayers. Just honor him in that way. I thought about my father and I want to thank him for his hands and for his heart. And I want to thank him for his head, for his wisdom. And I want to, thank, I want to honor him in all that I do, all that I do. Now, here's the question. What about your relationship with him? There, there's some people who talk about the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man in a general sense. They say that everybody is a child of God. No, nope, that's not so. It's just not so. Jesus said to Nicodemus, except ye be born again, you must be born again. And, and theologians tell us that that word born again means born from above. It means to be birthed from above. It is a supernatural birth whereby in first Peter, you become partakers of a divine nature. I went in and saw uh, Emily and Jason's little baby girl the other day. Boy, she is a doll baby. I mean, she's beautiful. And, and if you remember Emily and Jason, both got dark hair and black hair and, and that little baby, you walk in there and she looked like a little Emily laying there. I mean, you could, Jason and Emily, boy, they, I told them, I said, y'all done good. They really did. They, and what a blessing. But she has their genes in her. And when you get saved by the grace of God, you have divine DNA in you. You become a partaker of a divine nature that you don't have until you get born again by the grace of God. He wants to be your father. Matter of fact, the Bible says this about our, our Lord. Many descriptions of him. We, we know the titles of our, he, he, he is a wonderful counselor, mighty God. He is the everlasting father. But in Psalm 68 in verse 5, it says he is the father of the fatherless. 
Now, not religious people. I'm not talking about religious surveys. I'm talking about secular surveys. I'm talking about social uh, people who are involved in, 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 in human life and all those things, uh, sociologists and everything. They have concluded in the last study of the last several years, last 50 years here in America and around the world. One of the great problems that's happening is the absence of a father figure influence in the home. They say there's no doubt there's a correlation between what's happened in our society and the moral decline of our society and so many other things that there's not been influence of fathers in the home. And not just that they've been neglectful, but in so many situations, there are no fathers there. They don't have a father. Or they have a, somebody who biologically uh, was involved, but they do not have a father. And so their generations and the generation you're living in have people who actually physically do not have a father. But if you're not saved, you don't have him as your father. But he is a father to the fatherless. He wants to be your father today. Would you bow with me for prayer with every head bowed, every eye closed? What I've shared with you today is nothing, nothing deep. But this is the day when we honor our fathers. And I just want to just honor my father a little bit today. And you could go home today, and I'd encourage you to do that at some point in time. You certainly ought to tell your daddy how much you love him, how much you appreciate him. Think about all he's done for you. And he's done a whole lot more than you think. If you get to thinking about it, realize all that he's done for you. But then I'd like for you somewhere along the line, maybe before you go to bed tonight, get a pencil and a piece of paper and begin to write down. Just write a love letter to your heavenly father. And express your gratitude to him as you list and enumerate his blessings and what he's done for you, how good he's been. I want to thank the Lord for my heavenly father, for his hands that were saving and securing and supplying hands, for his heart that loves me the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never dealt with me in any way but in love. For his head who knows me perfectly, knows all about me. I want to honor him. And I hope you do too. Can I ask you a question this morning beyond any shout out? I, I thank the Lord for those who are members of this church, for our guests and visitors who are here. For our friends in the radio audience, we're glad that you're part of it, internet audience. But can you honestly say this morning, what it says in First John, now are we the sons of God. Can you honestly say this morning, I have experienced a new birth and I know that I am a child of the King. I know that he is my father because I've been born again. Would you raise your hand high across here this morning? Oh, you're blessed. You're wonderfully blessed to say that. God bless you. You may put your hands down. I believe in this great crowd this morning while we have our heads bowed and eyes are closed. Oh, large, large percentage of you raised your hand. But can I say to you, he knows those of you who have not. I only just say this to you. Did you know he loves you as much as he loves me? I've been saved and been pastoring now for 40, 40, going on 44 years as a 
amazing, but long time. But God loves me, but he doesn't love me more than he loves you. If you've never even been saved, he doesn't love me more than he loves you. For he loved the whole world and he loves you. Can I tell you something? Not only does he love you as much as he loved me, but he loves you as much as he loved his own son. John prayed that in John 17. He said, thou hast loved them as thou hast loved me. He loves you. And I wonder this morning if you say, preacher, I could not honestly raise my hand that I'm his child. But would you pray for me that I'd know that and I'd be born again before it's too late. Would you raise your hand across this building this morning? Let me pray with you. Right up, right back down. God bless you. Somebody else? Thank you. Somebody else this morning? God bless you. I want you to know him as your father. Let's stand together with our heads bowed. Brother Brad's going to sing a verse or two of a song in a moment. But I want to pray first. Heavenly Father, in the strong name of Jesus, I want to thank you and praise you. God, for what you've done for us. Our Father, we many folk in here have had wonderful, wonderful fathers. Some our fathers, our, our fathers may not have been perfect example of fatherhood. Some our father who maybe never known their earthly father. But God, I am sure glad that everybody in here can have the same relationship with our heavenly father. You'll know respect of persons and what you've done for one, you'll do for the other. And Lord, you'll love us, everyone the same. And God, please don't let anybody die lost in this building today. I ask the sweet Holy Ghost of God to convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment. God, this is your business. These are your people. I pray, God, you deal with them according to your love and draw them by your grace. Save them for Jesus' sake. While we have our heads bowed and our hearts bowed, Brad's going to sing a couple of verses of a song. and We'll be dismissed and we'll leave. But perhaps before you leave to go be with your father, maybe you want to slip around this altar and just say, Heavenly Father, thank you for all you've done for me. And I want to honor you with my life and with my lips. I want to do, honor you in every way. Help me to honor you and thank you. Maybe if you're not saved, you'd come and trust Christ this morning.